What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time we are 75% British, 25% Irish, and absolutely still 100% Giants. And just like the team, we decided to take a bye week this week as well. So Craig's been under the weather uh, and work schedules have made it impossible for us to get on. But we're back now bringing you the first episode of the week, taking a look back at not just the Seahawks game from last weekend, uh, but also look at some of our key players so far this season as we give out our game balls for the first half of the season. Lads, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's good to uh, be back talking again. It's quite nice having the uh, bye week this week as well. To be fair, I think the team needed it probably just as much as we did. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it feels like it's been a while since we spoke, to be honest. Yeah, I'm so glad the actual bye week, we didn't take it after London. Um, really glad that it's now right bang in the middle of the season, exactly where um, exactly where it should be, where we need it. Gives us time to, to regroup and... Um, but um, yeah, I mean six and two. I mean, just absolutely like buzzing for the fact that you know we're uh, we're a winning football team, and this bye week's given us a chance to uh, sort of like reflect on that a bit. Yeah, you're exactly right there, Kev. It's given us a chance to kind of reflect on the fact that though it was a poor game, what we've actually achieved in the first eight weeks of this season has been you know far beyond any of our expectations. So take a week out, regroup. Hopefully. Uh, Use the second half of the season like we use the second half of games and uh, and crack on. The team, the team refreshed. We've refreshed, and uh, we're back now for the uh, the second half of the season. But yeah, great time of the year to have a bye week right in the middle. Eight weeks in, week nine, nine games to go after this. So literally right smack bang in the middle of the season. So it's quite a nice spot to have the bye week. And also later on, we'll bring our thoughts on the uh, the big trade that went down last in the sort of beginning of the week with uh, with Tony going off to Kansas City uh, and also the lack of activity before the trade deadline passed on Tuesday as well so we'll go through that later on um, so yeah last Sunday uh, Giants travelled up to the Pacific Northwest um, to take on Geno Smith on the Seattle Seahawks um, and I mean it was a bit of a reality check really wasn't it um, obviously Giants lost twenty seven thirteen to the Seahawks, uh, snapped a four-game winning streak, and we now sit at 6-2. and two. The game was tight up until the fourth quarter, you know, still in the still in the game at the fourth quarter, 13-all. Um, but then, with Gino hitting Tyler Lockett with that 33-yard touchdown pass, in which he went 5-for-5 five for, five for 75 yards in less than two minutes on that drive, and then... Richie James. Richie, Richie James. I mean, he fumbled a ball once. Why did you give him the ball again on a punt return? For him to then fumble the ball again at the 32-yard line, letting the uh, letting the Seahawks set up for the game-winning score, because essentially that iced the game. You know, to, to score two, two touchdowns in short, such a short space of time, it killed the game for us, really. And... Um, yeah, Kenneth Walker breaking a shit ton of tackles to uh, to pretty much just walk in the end zone as well to to ice the game. 
it wasn't it wasn't the greatest of games um but it was just it was frustrating more than anything um dan jones had an okay game you know i don't really think any of it was dan jones's fault to be fair he was what 17 or 31 for 176 yards ran six times 20 yards and was sacked five times which has been very unlike the offensive line this year to give up five sacks um, Barkley carried 20 times for only 53 yards against the Seattle D that was notoriously poor against the run they shut us down and everything we seemed to try to do Seattle's defense tried to had had it they seemed to have an answer for it um, so hats off to their coaching team for coming out with a, a crazy good game plan against us um, yeah what, what do you think of the Seattle game guys yeah, um, like, like I said, like at the start, I think it was a mixture of different things. And the, the biggest one for me is probably I just think we needed the boy. We needed the break. Like Kev said, you know, we had a, had a a boy coming off London. So bear in mind we've um, we've had a short had game week where there was a short week. We've had the London game, then we've had to fly out to Seattle. So I think it was just a mixture of like just just one of them days, a bad day at the office, things didn't work. Um, I don't know if we kind of tried to get too cute at times. I think it was, I don't think uh, Barkley got a rush, got a touch of the ball, a rushing, um, rushing touch in the whole first quarter or something like that. Um, so, you know, like you say, the Seahawks are not great at defending the run and we seem to just get a little bit too cute maybe and get away from that. Um, Richard James is Richard James. I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame him in the sense that, We've got nobody else really. I mean, like if we look at other players that could maybe return punts, Adoree Jackson, we don't want our CB one returning punts. Darius Slayton, you could argue he's wide receiver one right now. He absolutely is. So it, it's kind of you know it, he's not good at re- returning punts, but it's not his fault that he's been asked to to do it really. Um, and I would like to. I mean, I, I don't know what the difference is between a kick returner and a punt returner, to be honest. You both do the same exact job. So I wouldn't mind seeing our mate Gary, maybe, on uh, on punt returns. You know, he, he seems to do all right on kick returns. Um, I think I can only recall maybe one time he's brought it out where I thought, hmm, shouldn't have done that, Gary. But, you know, um, yeah, this say, one of them one of them games, we, we, we knew we were going to lose another game at some point in this season. And no arguments from me when we're six and two. Yeah, completely agree there. I mean, like, it's, it's a weird thing to say we were due loss, but like, um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anyone coach that well to play against us this season as the Seahawks were. You just got to tip your hat sometimes and just go, look, we, 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 our defense just didn't show up today. They just didn't play well. They've been playing so good all season and they just had a bad day at the office. And in contrast to that, the Seahawks nullified everything we could do on offense. They just, Came in with a game plan, uh, a really well worked game plan, and um, it just worked against us. So, like, no way do I feel down about about this loss at all. Um, I mean, we knew we're not going to go out and outscore teams. I mean, Geno Smith is having such a such a uh, resurgence and stuff, and you know he's playing the best ball he's ever played in his whole career. Um, he's sometimes you know a QB isn't as bad as they seem. You just get him into the right system. We've seen that with Daniel Jones ourselves. Um, and that, it gives me real hope for Daniel Jones going forward. Like, um, we just need weapons. We know what our receiving core is like. Uh, how much are we missing Daniel Bellinger? I mean, he's proven to be a real sort of steady um, uh, safety blanket for Daniel Jones. And he's been making plays and steadily getting better and better. And hopefully he'll be back from that injury. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a loss. They're all bad. They're all hard to take. Um, but, but 
at six and two going into this bye week now, um, it's just one of those. Okay, let's just back to basics, back to the chalkboard, and let's get going for after the bye. Let's not shy away from the fact that you know early in the fourth quarter we were thirteen thirteen, as Dan said. So it's not like we got completely blown out of the water. We we still kept it tight. The two, you know, the the go ahead touchdown is a, is a go ahead touchdown, and Walker's touchdown comes off of a mistake from James that really you shouldn't, as we've said, we shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be making. But one thing that Dan said is that, you know, to start off the game we passed the ball so often that we pretty much moved away from the running attack, and I think that's that that was there was a coaching mistake in my eyes. I think we needed to establish the run early, and we needed to kind of stick ourselves to that mantra of this team, you know, the Seahawks team are not good at stopping the run. So why are we not just pounding the rock straight away, establish the run game, and then hopefully the defenders are going to bite and then we might get some separation on on the DBs. But because we went out passing and we couldn't get separation in the first instance, we never got any separation. And that, you know, that was a big difference between the two teams. Yeah, man, and especially as we we seem to be going running a lot of play action, a lot of RPOs, establishing that run game is crucial to to having that game plan in place. And if we if we're trying to do a lot in in play action, not having that established run game is it's going to be a lot so much more difficult. And just back to one of your points, Dan. Sorry, um, you made a great point about the Richard James and the, and the and the fumbles. I mean, they came at really bad times. I mean, you flip in the fields like you know we, we should have the ball methodically moving down the field, but yet no, we're giving up possession to them in, in critical areas. And and that's, and like, again, Craig as well, great point about being 13-13 uh, or 14-14, what it was, 13-13 I think it was, um, in the game. And then those sort of two instances just blow, like take all the air out of what we're trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like it was, what, 20-13 because Tyler Lockett scored. It was, we then sort of, we went three and out, Seattle went three and out, Punted the ball away. I think it was six minutes left to go in the fourth. Prime, prime, you know, prime time for us to drive down the field and get a game time touchdown. Why don't Richie James just wave his hands in the air, call a fair catch, and then we've got a, a seventy-five yard field because he called it the twenty, called it the twenty-five yard, twenty-five yard line. Yeah, I think the thing that pissed me off the most about that Richie James fumble was the way that he held the ball. There was no ball security, was there? No, it's like a loaf of bread in the arm as you're running home from the co-op. I mean. It's you've got you've got to get two get two hands around it and protect it. When you're holding it with one hand like that, it doesn't. I mean, you're not going to get much stability on it, and there is a chance that someone could punch it out. But even just a weird tackle, which is exactly what happened, can knock the ball loose. You've got to make sure you secure it, especially if you're going into bodies. It's just it's just frustrating. And then obviously James is then ruled out of concussion, and then two plays later, Kenneth. Um... Kenneth Walker breaks, like I said, ten tackles and, and walks into the end zone. So it's you know, at that point, twenty seven thirteen, it's game over. You know you know what's gonna be our day when McKinney McKinney does a missed tackle on um on Walker there, do you know what I mean? I mean fair play to the guy, you know, the amount of, the amount of tackles he broke on that was it thirty three yard run? Thirty two yard run, thirty three yard run, whatever it was. The amount of tackles he broke on that was just like, right, fair enough. He's made a he's made a great play. But yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, we sort of we we knew we were going to lose a game at some point, and I think this this was the sort of the game. I'm not surprised that we did lose, even though Seattle aren't 
the best team in the league. I mean, they're, they're five and threes, you know, sitting at five and three. Gino's playing best ball of his career. He's been given the chance, you know, he's been, he's been put under centre as a starting quarterback and he's been given an offence around him that's pretty damn good. You know, he's got two insane receivers on the field in D- DK Metcalf and uh, and Tyler Lockett. So, you know, he's been given that good offence. But I just want to touch on them receivers. I think that, for me personally, those two receivers were the difference in the game for, for me. Um, the fact that we didn't, you know, Darius Slayton is our, is what we said is essentially our wide receiver one. Yeah, he had a good game, um, caught two big third down conversion passes. Um, Wondell Robinson had two catches, 15 yards. Marcus Johnson caught a single catch for three yards. David Sills had a single catch and Richie James wasn't even targeted. So there's nowhere near enough production for our receivers. But yet to have DK Metcalf, let's face it, nobody expected him to play last week at all after his injury his injury was looking like it was going to rule him out for like is it like four to six weeks and then he suits up and, and plays and it's like well, where did that come from um and and Tyler Lockett I mean up until that point he, he caught his touchdown he'd had a pretty poor game by his standards was it the fumble and the 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 touchdown drop the one that came off bounced off his face mask um, he'd had a pretty poor game, uh, but redemption for him, and he made that double move on Adoree Jackson and went in for the score. So, I think those those having those two receivers on the field um, really, really made a difference for Seattle in that game. Um, our weapons, our receivers, just I mean, not good enough. I mean, Darius Slayton shouldn't be anyone's first for first uh, wide receiver. I mean, I love the guy, and he's he's starting to play a bit better. You know, he's one of those confidence players. You know, try and give him the ball early, a nice early slant, a nice early catch. Um, and get him going, but I mean, he should be he should be a backup at, at, at the at this level. I mean, he it's the fact that he is our wide receiver one. I mean, it sort of it paved the way for a move we made before the trade deadline, really, didn't it? Like we were convinced we were going to make a move at receiver before the trade deadline. Um, I mean, we'll come on to that later anyway. But then we were convinced we were going to get someone in. Um, so yeah, it's just receivers. Are, receivers are obviously a, a a weak point, and we know it's a weak point for us. But I think moving forward, um, it's it's going to be interesting to see where these catches come from, and if you know how how is uh, how is Wondell Robinson going to going to continue to progress? Kenny Goldie should be back. Yeah, with Goldie coming back, but is Goldie going to be back to being Kenny Goldie, or is he going to be the Kenny Goldie that we saw last year? So it's 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 an interesting one. It's a, it's going to be it's going to be a good nine weeks. Put it that way. Let's face it. Um, Kev, I know you had some thoughts about the um, about the defense. Yeah, just um, I mean the defense. Um, there were some positives. I mean, recorded three sacks and ten quarterback hits on Geno Smith. Um, the the defensive front. We know how good they are. And again, like I said, it was a bit of an off day generally. Um, but um, you know they did make it difficult. Um, we Kenneth Walker has proven now he's getting he's got his shot in um, Seattle and he's proven to be an absolute stud at running back. And we did sort of like nullify him to um, uh, only fifty one yards on two point eight yards per carry. So that's very good run stuffing from from the defense, to be honest. Um, but uh, I mean the two Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. They're just they are very good. Very, I mean, we would love either of them. And I mean, imagine if Daniel Jones had one of them to to throw to in this and uh, for our, our our offense. I mean, 
we just sort of couldn't keep them contained as much as we wanted to. I mean, they combined for what? 11 catches and 118 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, Luckett had that drop as well. You know, that really should have been. We got, we got away with that one, you know. Um, but um, so although it was, although we didn't look at, we didn't look abysmal, but we just had a bad day. Does that make sense? Like, there's nothing to, there's no alarm bells ringing about the defense when they get, we just had a bad day at the office. Um, so that's why I think going forward, Wink will, you know, this bye week will be good for us uh, to, to re, um, sort of reset and get going again. Yeah, I just think the, uh, the Seahawks outcoached us. Um, and they outplayed us and deserved, fully deserved the win, I think, overall. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not really much more you can say than that, is it? I mean, from a defensive point of view, par, par stuffing Kenneth Walker to, you know, one of his lowest um, sort of numbers in his pretty, you know, green career, um, we were just burnt by receivers. It's not the first time we've seen it this season. We, a lot of the time, we've we've seen, especially sort of over the middle around the sort of linebacker level, us us get absolutely shot. But yeah, I think it was always it was always going to be a tough ask for the defense as well because I think the first three or four drives was three and out. Three first three drives went we went three and out. Yeah, first three drives were three and out. The one after that was still a punt. Uh, we only had the ball for five minutes, so it's not as if we had a huge amount of possession. Um, in the first half, and it was only until sort of we um, scored the touchdown that we actually had any sort of anything going. But then, obviously, on the touchdown, it was a it was a two play drive that lasted forty seconds. So it wasn't again the defense weren't off the field for very long in the first half, and then come the second half, again it was just that very that five you know seventy five yard drive that took less than two minutes. Uh, you could just see the defense was just they were blowing. Yeah. We're missing a top-level linebacker as well, aren't we? Off-ball linebacker. Yeah, yeah. It was just early fourth quarter, and they were they were blowing. And then for then for then Richie James to fumble the ball, and then the defense to be back on the field again. Yeah, it was it was, it was a tough it was a tough day at the office for for the defense, but they'll they'll come back and they'll they'll um, they'll bounce back and have a hopefully have a good, a good game against Houston. Um, Shane, you want to talk about quarterbacks and running backs? So essentially, Dan Jones and Saquon, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I alluded to uh, a little while ago, obviously we didn't really seem to want to get the run game going. I don't know if that was part of the strategy, or maybe we didn't like the way that Seattle were were um, packing the box, so we opted not to uh, not to run it. But you know, it was a, it was a game that you can't really. Daniel Jones didn't do anything. He, he didn't do much right, but he also didn't do anything wrong. It was just one of them games for Daniel Jones where you know. The, the, his surrounding cast around him wasn't great. Um, you know, the, the old line had a couple of struggles as well. And it, like, it was just one of them days where, you know, when we did get Saquon going, he didn't really look like he was the Saquon that we've seen this season, you know, um, 53 yards rushing all game, one touchdown, 2.7 yards a, a carry. The, this season, we've come to expect better from Saquon. And, you know, he's probably... The, the, the type of player I believe Saquon Barkley's he's probably been thinking about that all week all, all through this bye week and he's you know it's at the front of his mind even when he gets onto the field next week he's going to be thinking right two weeks ago I had a shit game I've got to bounce back now and you know you could very well he'll want 100 yards on day nine next game oh yeah 100%. if you're a betting man I'd put a, I'd put a bet on Saquon getting 100 yards next game he, he had to fight for every single yard he got as well it wasn't as if like, it, like his, I think it's Longest run was eight yards. 
possible. Don't forget it's a rejigged offensive line as well. You've got Phillips starting at right tackle, Izudu is starting at left guard. Yep. Exactly. So it was it was he was fighting for every single yard he got and it was it was tough going for him. Yeah, and and then like I say, when it comes to Daniel Jones, 176 yards. Um I found some of the comments this week that Joe Shane kind of alluded to. Uh, in regards to players ex- being extended and some of the things he said about Daniel Jones a little bit interesting as well, which I'm sure we'll come on to, if not this week, in, in the near future episodes. Um, but yeah, look, like I say, it was one of them, you know, the, the defence had one of them days and, you know, Jones and Barkley had one of them days and like Kev says, you know, it's a region goal lying. Um, I thought, you know, Azudu looked okay. He didn't look as bad as I thought he might have been, you know, in pre-season at the start of the season. He looked... Not great in all honesty, but it seems like maybe he's had time to learn, maybe getting like, you know, guided by Andrew Thomas, who, you know, he's he, kind of a vet really for him now. Like, you know, he's th- third year into the league. So, you know, I thought Azudu played played well, a uh, lot better than I expected to. But yeah, it's one of them games, games for uh, Jones and Safe One. Yeah, again, it wasn't it wasn't a great game really mm-hmm. all around. So, again, there wasn't really sort of fit, anyone sort of singly to sort of blame for for losing the game it was just a collective team loss really I mean we win as a team we lose as a team and I think as a team we, we lost that game I mean I mean yes you can point the finger at Richie James but you know he made two mistakes and two errors that, that did essentially cost us 10 points just on that Dan you're 100% right like just made me think like we're the type of team that kind of needs to play mistake free football which is what we've been doing. And that's how we're going to win games. We're not flashy. We're not going to go out and score 50 points. Out again. Um, but when we make two big mistakes like that, I'm not saying it costs us the game, but I'm just saying like we're that, we are that team that just needs to play sound, a sound fundamental mistake-free football. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, when we talked about the offence, we talked about the defence, Craig, special teams. I suppose you can look at the pluses on special teams if you wanted to and say that two of the better players, which we'll get into in a minute when we speak about our uh, players of the game, um, were Gano and, and Gillen. You know, our two kickers came out and performed exceptionally uh, and deserved more. You know, apart from that, the, our coverage on special teams has been kind of a bit of a thorn in, you know, like a, a quiet thorn in our side throughout the whole season. It's not really been anything to write home about. And special teams on the whole has been probably one of our weaker areas across the entire football team. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just the case that, you know, James fumbled the ball twice. It led to 10 points. Yes, we lost by more than 10 points in the end, but it's unnecessary. And as you said earlier, we had the opportunity to really go down and, and make a game-tying drive for a touchdown that because of James's second fumble was nullified. We just didn't get that opportunity. Um, and you, you know, the NFL is such a league that you're not going to get a second opportunity. You need to take what you, what you get. But realistically, there is no bad teams in the NFL. Let's be honest. Like, there's, there is good parity in the NFL. Any team can beat any team on, on day. But you know what it feels like, right? The game kind of felt like, say for example, Richard James took one of those to the house. Like, didn't fumble at all and took one to the house. I just thought the momentum would have been with us and it really would have got us going. And we, I believe we would have won that game. Do you know what I mean? It just shows the fine margins, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Momentum is such a huge thing. And, I mean, look at the look at the Packers game. The momentum shift 
in that third quarter was you could see it on play out on the field in front of you. The momentum in the Ravens game again, you could see it. The shift you could see it play out in front of you. So momentum's a huge thing. But yeah, just talk about the um, about the special teams, about the kick return and punt return. Richie James is averaging seven yards per return on punts. He's returned fifteen punts for one hundred six yards, averaging seven yards. His, lo- his longest return of twenty two yards. So he's not he's he's not he's not doing particularly great. And he's returned fifteen punts and fumbled three times. So get him off punt returns. What give it to Darnay Holmes. Yeah, I mean, definitely different players should be practicing this week. I mean, do we do we look at um other people's practice squads and maybe look at our own practice squad and like Richard James, do we do we release him now? Do we actually look at filling that roster spot with someone else? Like what do we? What do we do? He's taken a massive. He's taken a massive step back in the receiving sort of depth chart, anyway. So I, I can't see why you wouldn't find another person on a practice squad who potentially could take his spot in the depth chart for a wide receiver and then return punts. So he, he's got to be worried. Yeah, I think so. I mean, behind Darius Slayton, he's our he's our leading receiver as well. Richie James with 191 receiving yards. So it's. Well, we did score. We did score the uh, the the waiver wire for a wide receiver that we'll obviously get into in the in the news section. The the waiver the waiver wire pickup was uh, was not a bad one, but we'll come on to that shortly. So, players of the game, then lads, who do we go for and why? So, Shane, who was your player of the game? Yeah, I went for um, Adore Jackson. Uh, I know he gave up uh, touchdown and that, but you know, I thought he he was having a good game. Um, he forced the Force fumble, which kind of you know didn't really get our offense going, but was that little spark that we needed to try and like you know get going essentially, and you know we did score off that. Um, I thought he also played some good coverage at times, especially I think there was one on, I think it might have been DK. Uh, he covered him really, really well. I thought it was going to be a touchdown all day, and his coverage was that tight that he was able to pass the uh, break the pass up. Um, so you know what, I'd hundred percent. I thought personally he was probably one of the few players on defense that could. Say you know Troy and you know when when he's the when he's CB one you could argue Seattle have got two wide receiver ones in in DK and and Lockett you know he he can only he can only do what one man can can do in all honesty so um, yeah I went for Adore Jackson nice and the thing is with Jackson he has he's stepped up this season and he has become that CB one that we all knew he could be you know we did he didn't show the signs of it last year but he's he's stepped up and he's 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 played so well this year. I think, I think he's been a revelation in our defense this year. Uh, Kev, your player of the game. Yeah, I mean, um, we could have picked a number of players, or could have not picked a number of players with, with there being a loss, or whatever. But I just wanted to give a shout out um, to Nick Yates. I mean, he was only on for like five snaps, um, but you could see that you know, like he's been off for so long. It was such a horrific injury that he had, like seven surgeries. Over the space of the last eighteen months, um, you know he's going to be a bit rusty. He's going to, you know, need more game time and getting on. I mean, but I think he's a starter in this league. I think, I think, you know, he sh- will wrestle that starting job at centre or one of the guard positions, possibly. Um, and you know, it was just so good to see him on the um, Barkley run. He was playing the jumbo tight end, you know, and he was pulling across and. Just seeing them, like you know, all right, it wasn't the cleanest block, all right. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing looking block, 
but you, you know he got in the, he got in the way. He made a block that allowed Saquon Barkley to go into the end zone, and it was just you know it was it was on a, he was on his back for it. Um, but he, you can see, he was celebrating, kicking and punching the air, and um, it was just it was, you know it's just a good story. And I mean, you know, we need more of that, and we need more players like him because he was he was turning into an above average center in this league. Do you see him starting taking Azudu's place at left guards anytime soon? See, because us being like Sheenal, Sheenal understand this. Like we're very, very much college draft eccentric, and we want young players to get a chance. Um, so ideally, what I want is Azudu to, to to be on that career progression that he is currently on, getting better, getting better, getting better. And I'd like to see him take Feliciano's spot. To be honest, take back that center position. Yeah, I th- I'd I'd love to see him back on the line. I really would. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a tough one. Obviously, Azudu didn't have a great game. He had an okay game, but he wasn't as good as he was um, against the Ravens. Was it the Ravens? What? Who did we play last week? Yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. When he came into the game, is it? I thought Azudu played really well, but I think Azudu. I think the, maybe the the pressure of being the starting left guard, I think maybe got to him a little bit. You, you maybe he wants for next season, to be honest. Yeah, you could see his greenness. You could see that he was a rookie. So I'd have no problems with him coming in, uh, Gates starting at left guard, if he's fit enough and, you know, he he's shakes a bit of that rust off. Yeah, exactly. Maybe rotate the two, of them, the two of them, sort of, you know, keep the sort of snap count. You know, Azudu would probably get more snaps than, than Gates would at the moment, but just sort of, even it out the t- between the two until we get um, what's his name back? Bredesen. Yeah, until we get Bredesen again, who was having a good, a quietly good season for us. Yeah, I mean our our offensive line has been quietly good all season, really. I mean, how good is it to know that we're going to get start getting players back and our offensive line is going to improve as the season goes on from now? Exactly, it's very good. It's very nice. Um, Craig, your player of the game. Uh, here's the start of the special team from um, Jamie Gillen was my uh, was my player of the game. It's weird giving my quick to... one, Craig. Quickly before you go into it, right now, if if Jamie Gillen goes to the Pro Bowl, are you going to get the jersey? Go for it. Why not? <laughs> you, you heard it here first. If if Gillen goes Pro Bowl, Craig gets Gillen Pro Bowl jersey. That sounded, that sounded very caveman there, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> very caveman for a second. Yeah. Uh, but no, he had an absolute excellent day. Um, six punts, 53.3 yards, net of 47.7. Two punts down inside the 20. He should have had another one as well. He had that absolute mammoth 69-yard punt that just kind of got away from from our, our sort of gunner. Um, you could have tried to down it at the one-yard line, but... You know, he did everything that you would expect from a punter um, after having, was it Riley Dixon the last couple of years who just was just abysmal. I think Gillen's come in um, off of some bad rap from his previous um, previous employers at uh, Cleveland, was it, where he was yes. before? Where he started really well, but kind of fell off after a couple of seasons. I think he's been really good. Um, and, you know, the, the less you talk about the punter is normally... The, the better, but um, I th- I just thought he deserved the shout out today. Yeah, man, and I mean, looking at his stats for the season as well, th- on thirty three punts, he's down ten inside the ten in- inside the twenty yard line. So to be on thirty three percent average inside the twenty yard line is pretty damn good. 
Um, an average average of over 50 yards a punt as well. So he's got a leg on him. He's got a hammer on him. He's got a Scottish hammer on him. <laughs> but yeah, Jamie Gillen, yeah, he's a great... He's, I think he's, he's definitely an upgrade at punter that we, that we, that we needed. Um, like you said, Riley Dixon was just poor. I do think it's cool as well having the punter and kicker from Scotland. Like, <laughs> It's definitely cool. And his hair as well is like a mane, isn't it? It's like... Love seeing it sort of out the back of his helmet. Um, my player of the game was, I mean, Carroll special teams, Graham Gano. Um, I mean, what more do we really need to say about Graham Gano apart from the fact he's he's Mister Automatic? The only person that's more automatic in the league is, well, seems to be Justin Tucker, um, and he missed a field goal against the Giants, so he's not Mister Automatic anymore. And that's Graham Gano. Uh, made both his attempts, one from thirty-one and one from forty-five. He's made seventeen of nineteen this season. He's perfect four for four over fifty yards. I mean, so if he makes the Pro Bowl, <laughs> are you going to get a Graham Gano Pro Bowl jersey? Absolutely, absolutely will. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been, I've always been a big fan and big advocate of kickers. Um, you know, think back in the day of Lawrence Tynes, then moving on to um, when, when you, you know punters, we had Jeff Fiegel, Steve Weatherford, um, and you know now obviously with Graham Gano in the team as well. I think he's. What a pickup he was from Carolina as well. I think the the, the fact that he that Carolina wanted to get rid of him is like, what's wrong with you? I mean, we've we've probably got, well, we have got one of the most accurate kickers in the league, and you know he again he 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 scores points for us. Or, you know, look at you look at the games that he's he's played for us this season. You look at the amount of points he scored. You know, the games that we've won by three, and it's just like, well, yeah, he's he's kicking points for us left, right, and centre. So he's he's. Graham Gano is my player of the game. I think even though, even though we lost the game, I think he scored seven of our thirteen points. Three, yeah, one point after point after and two field goals. So he scored half the points against the against the Seahawks. So I'd be more than happy to tie both them down. You know, to 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 not long long term deals, but a couple of years like Gillen and yeah, Gano. Absolutely, yeah. I think they both deserve it. Um, from the from what they've done so far this year, um, I thought, yeah, honourable mention of that I think has to go to the rookie Tom Fox. I thought he had a great game. Um, you love the undrafted guys, in it coming in and actually uh, yeah, making plays for you, and making plays and and just being that just being that sort of influence on the team, you know. And it, it was just it's just nice to see and making some of these. Um, the big plays on defense, especially as an undrafted guy as well, is it's not easy. He's a proper uh, effort guy, isn't he? Proper like just relentless, just keeps going, keeps going. Yeah, and I think it's 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 credit to him and it's credit to the coaching staff. It's credit to Wink Martindale for you know putting him in the game and believing in him and trusting him. Because uh, how many how many teams around the league would put a, an undrafted rookie into into their defense week in week out? I mean, Joe Sheen has said. I mean, uh, Dable said it. Doesn't care about where you're drafted, what your contract is, what your status is. You know, players with the the players who put the effort in and show and training will play. And like you know, obviously we believe him because that's what that's what's been happening. Dan, was it was it you a couple of weeks ago who who gave him a nickname? Um, I know I've given him a nickname in my full ten yards piece this week, um, but I, I I swear somebody gave him a nickname a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't remember it while I was writing the article, so I just gave him my own, which was the Tominator. Um, which I, <laughs> nice. I would love for love to take off. Uh, <laughs> Tamone, Tominator, nice. What's the other one then? Do you remember it now? I can't remember it. 
Ah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back after this. So I'm gonna listen to some of the previous podcasts because I'm pretty sure Dan made a comment or something about a about a, a nickname for him. I mean, maybe I did. Don't know. Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, listen back and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. But yeah, so they were they were our players of the game. I think all all four of them had had pretty solid games. Um, it was obviously it was a loss. So. Two of them coming on special teams was kind of not a surprise, really. But I think they all four of them had great games, and they deserved our player of the games. Um, so moving on, so we they were our players of the game, like I said, and we're going to move on to our, our players of the season so far. Um, we've each chosen one player to give us sort of half season game ball to, and it's interesting that three of them are uh, up for contract extensions at the end of this year. Mm. Uh, we've had some great standout performances so far this year and every single Giants fan has said the same thing that to be 6-2 and two in the bye week with 9 games to go uh, we're really in a great position uh, and we're in a great position to be looking ahead to potential playoff football and also looking into, ahead into next year into, into 2023 as well but it is typical in the year in the first year in a long time that we've had such a good start to the season that six and two is only good for third in the division. Um, fairly sitting at eight and zero. Oh, Dallas at six and two ahead on the head-to-head record. Um, so it is disappointing to be sort of looking up on those two with such a good record. But we'll take six and two every day. Um, so who's your half-season game ball going to? Shane, I'm going to start off with you. Yeah. So um, I thought I'd, I'd move away from being a homer as normal. Um, you know. Not 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 having to get anyone who might be a homer, by by the way. Um <laughs> but yeah, um, it's Saquon Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've opted to go for uh sexy Um I think he's having an outstanding season, uh this, this season. You know, he's um you look you look at his his stats for this season already, he's already got the He's matched his uh, career high for sacks. So in twenty twenty, he had four sacks. He's already at four sacks now through eight weeks. Um, you know, I love the comment that that we, Martin Dale made a few weeks ago uh, in regards to um, wanting to get Dexter Lawrence some rest. But then he also said it's like if you had a Rolls Royce, wouldn't you want to drive it everywhere? And you know, go back to the London game, the praise he was getting from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, he's a one great quarterback. Um, you know, been consistently one of the best in the league. So for him to recognise Dexter Lawrence play as well shows what kind of season he's having. Um, he's a guy who I really, really liked coming out of the twenty nine draft class, um, twenty nineteen draft class. Sorry, I wasn't as annoyed at the pick as some people seem to be. Um, you know, was he worth the seventeenth pick? Mm, that that's debatable, but. You know, this season he's he's, he's playing like that seventeen picking probably that he should have been higher. Um, so yeah, you know, gone for for Dexter Lawrence four sacks this year, eleven quarterbacks. He he's one forced fumble. He also got his hand to um, a field goal last week that just about snuck in against Seattle. So you know, he's not just a player that makes plays um, defensively. He makes plays on special teams as well. Um, so yeah, sexy Dexy for for me, and uh, let's get him tied down. It's a great strike. I mean, he's still got next year, his fourth year, and then, sorry, we still got, he's on his fifth year option now, isn't he? Or next year is his fifth year option? Yeah, next year. Next year, so he's on next year's fifth year option. I mean, I would definitely try and get a deal done, though. You have to. 
It just he's just been he's been that defensive lineman we know we've known he could he could be for the last three years, and it's just un, under Wink it's just shone, and you just see him he's playing with confidence he's enjoying playing each week, and he he you know in the weeks that we've been missing Big Cat he's he's led the line, the weeks that Big Cat's been in the line he's still been he's still been a leader on that line, he wears a, he wears the big C on his chest for a reason you know so it's. He's always having fun as well. Like he, you, you listen to his um, is it under the mic or some of that call like that? And like you know, he's always there dancing on the field. And I was watching a video the other day, and he was giving um, who would it, it would have been Ryan Tannehill a bit of mouth when we played Tennessee, saying you know stop stop running, I want to get my hands on you kind of thing. Um, but just like from from what Kev says as well, you look at what the D tackles got paid this year. Like now's the time to start locking him up. I think was it did BJL get some like nine million a year or something? Yeah. See, and we've took out Dex's fifth year option at twelve million. You know the D tackles got paid free agency this year. They're going to get paid next year, so lock him down early as possible. I did love the um. I did love his reference. Was he going to sack or something? When in the London games, and he was like, uh, "Oh yeah, I've had my fish and chips." <laughs> Shane, just to touch on what you were saying about Dexy on on the microphone, uh, I think the Giants on YouTube put up their half season best best on the mic performances, and you were saying about Tannehill. Um, what you actually said to him was, "I want to touch you legally," which yeah, I'm not nice. sure you could say <laughs> that in any other instance. Like that's love it. It's such a good quote. Yeah. Such a good quote. I want to touch you legally. That just sounds. All manners of wrong, but funny at the same time. So right as well. <laughs> yeah, so wrong, but so right. And I wouldn't recommend anyone listening to this podcast going around saying that to people in your everyday life. Just just a disclaimer there. Please don't. You didn't hear it from us either. We didn't recommend saying that at all. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence, um, I mean, for, like I said, through eight games, he's just, he's been a beast on that D-line. So yeah, get half, half season game ball goes to him. Great shout, Shane. Well done, mate. Uh, Kev, your half season game ball goes to who? No homer picks, remember. No homer right. picks, Kev. I'll go full homer. I don't care, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I mean, mine is obviously Julian Love. I mean, especially with uh, Notre Dame getting a massive win against Clemson this week as well. And he, to see him back at Notre Dame Stadium because it's a bye week, to see him there with his ND top on and stuff, you know, it's class. But um, I mean, he, you know, he's in his fourth year and we haven't, you know, he, He's had he's having his best year, obviously, right? But um, because he's been asked, like, because Colton was the bandit, to sort of just patch him all over the field, and he, you know he does a job. I mean, he's had a little bit more structure this year, as you know that full time safety, starting safety. They still deploy him on the line of scrimmage, off ball linebacker, deep safety, sort of like um, slot uh, nickel as well, you know. And he's and he and he can do it all. To be fair, um, I mean, he's he, he had you know he's. He's got he's got a sack this year. He's got an interception. Um, he's made like thirty three tackles. Um, he just he's doing everything, and he's sort of the player that I kind of knew he was coming out of college. And someone like Wink has been able to tap into it and really get the best out of him. I mean, he's voted special teams captain, right? So it shows what the players think of him in the locker room. And if you notice as well, um, a lot of times when they want players to come out and talk to the media and stuff, like he's normally one of the ones that go out a lot because he speaks so well and he's sort of like. There's no BS with him, and, and and I do enjoy like listening to him talking about team chemistry and how the locker room's different this year, and um, 
it's just sort of for me kind of epitomizes the new giants. Do you know I mean like you got a talented player there and you weren't getting anything from him really, like you know, use them to the best of his abilities. And you're just seeing this year now he is a quality starting safety in this league. And he's another one whose contract is up um is up is up this this year. And um, you know, I, I believe there is rumblings that the representatives have met with um, Joe Sheehan to try and hammer out a deal. I mean, if we could tie him to a three, four year deal for something like seven to nine million per year, I mean, that would be fantastic. I mean, um, yeah, so you know, like I said, it's just he's uh he does everything like you know, like I said, free safety, corner, slot, you know. He plays on plays every special teams. I mean, he's just he's he's a player that every team would want on their roster. I think pre-season, obviously, we were concerned about our defensive set, the defensive backfield, our secondary. We were, we had a, a huge concern that it it just wasn't up to scratch. And you know, looking back over the last sort of couple of years under um, Patrick Graham. You know, with the the players that we had in the defensive backfield, it was it was a huge concern for us. But bloody hell, has Julian Love stepped up and become a leader on that defense? It just is all over the field, every game. Just wherever you you just see number twenty, just here, there, and everywhere. There was a lot of talk preseason about Xavier McKinney and how much Xavier about you know X was going to jump out and he was going to take that next step up and and everything like that. And don't get me wrong, X has been exactly what he does. But you know, love what love's been doing has kind of overshadowed what McKinney's been doing this season. I think love's really, really taken his game up, and he obviously has quite a good rapport with McKinney. You know, they have a lot of fun together, and, and that's exactly what you want. You want a bit of chemistry and a bit of you know camaraderie between between two players at the same position. So, yeah, you're absolutely right with this one. Love has just been phenomenal, and I, I don't think there's any of us who, who doesn't who don't love him. We all love love. Love, love. Lovely jubbly. Lovely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but they're, they're such a good compliment. Um, like, obviously, with McKinney having... They both wear the green dot. But, um, I mean, McKinney is, the like, the leader of the defence. And Love is just one of the... Like, he's the star. I mean, he's the big player. He'll get the, he'll get a decent contract now, which he deserves, because he is that type of player. Um, he's not flashing, obviously, like, you know, people would expect. Um, but, again, that Love is just that lovely, steady... You know what you're getting with uh, Julian Love. You know a perfect. I think they complement each other really well. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, our our defense over the first eight weeks has looked solid. And when we when we had when we were so con- I said we were so concerned preseason that we were our defensive backfield was looking weak, so weak. I think they've been solid. They they're not great. They're not the best defensive backfield in the league by any stretch. But for the the level of talent that we've got, I think they've played they've played the socks off, and I think Julian Love's fully deserving of a, a half season game ball. Craig, over to you. I am going to pick up on Shane Homer, and uh, I am going to go for Barkley because he's almost been like a mini MVP for us, you know, and and probably should be in with a shout for the actual award, especially if he carries on for the rest of the season. I mean, he's played. At least 80% of the offensive snaps in each game. Uh, he's got 191 total touches, which leads the NFL. You know, going into week nine, he ranked second in all-purpose yards uh, at 968, only 14 behind Tyree Kill from the Dolphins. Uh, his 97.4 rushing yards per game will shatter his career high, previous career high of 81.7 yards per game. 
and he's got a team high 28 receptions for 189 yards, which is probably makes him the third highest wide receiver on the team as well. So he's literally been everything we've wanted and more. He's come back from a couple of years of disappointing injuries that, you know, has has really affected his stock, and especially in the eyes of, of the media and the eyes of, of the fans. And I think the anger that he had shown in the in the preseason saying, you know, almost warning people like, I am going to be back this year. Don't you worry about it. I think he's lived up to the hype and more. And if we can keep him healthy for the rest of the season, I don't think he's a shoe in for comeback player of the year. He's got to be in the conversation for offensive player of the year. And hell, if he carries on and more, why shouldn't he be in MVP contention? Keep talking, Craig. Yeah, you carry on. <laughs> I promise you I didn't write up my opinion and send it to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> She's just there with like Craig whispering sweet nothings in his ear. He's <laughs> loving this. I think there's a there's a couple of things holding him back from MVP, and that's one called Josh Allen, and that's another one probably called Tua Tango Violoa at the moment. Um because Tua's playing lights out. But OPOI for sure. He's he's absolutely one of the front runners at the moment and I think um comeback player of the year. Who else has had a, a comeback this good so far this year? Apart from Gino Smith, I don't think anybody else deserves to be within the conversation. I mean is it is it really a comeback from Gino because he's not really had he's not really been You have to be up there, don't you? you have to be... <laughs> <laughs> he's not really been relevant. He's got had nothing to come back from because he's not been in <laughs> he's not been a starting quarterback. So, yeah, I, what, I, I can't. What constitutes a comeback? Like, is there a requirement? Like, I don't, I genuinely don't know what kind. Like, does someone have to miss out an entire season or like? No, no I think it's, I think it's gen- genuinely you were considered a star, and then you've had either a bad season or statistically a bad season or a couple of bad years where you haven't produced that star level, and then you actually produce it again. I think it's just sort of like when they, the thing is like it's in the eye test. Oh, okay. Yeah, because last year, Joe Burrow, wasn't it? So, and obviously he had his season end in ACL, and then comes back and leads his team to the Super Bowl. So, the injury would do as well, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, the fact that Saquon's coming back from from his injury. Yes, he was back last season, but he wasn't back to his normal self. And I think the fact that he was so you know he was second overall pick in the in the, in the draft, and the fact that his rookie season was so good. I think this is definitely a comeback year for for Barkley. I think so. Yeah, I mean, what more can we say about Barkley that hasn't really been said? I mean, Shane, I'm sure you could probably talk about him for the next half an hour if you really wanted to. I would just say one thing, sorry, Dad. I mean, like, I agree with absolutely everything said. He's an absolute stud, a star, and I do believe we should bring him back. 100, we need to resign him, whether that's a tag, whether that's a long term deal. I think this bye week's come perfect for him because he, I, I do believe he was nursing a bit of a shoulder issue, nothing major. But you could tell, like, the way he was running, he was leaning with the other shoulder and blocking. Do you know what I mean? Like, say, for example, when he was in on blocking downs, he would use the other shoulder. So hopefully this couple of weeks off will just give him time for his shoulder to recuperate. And you know yourself with all running backs, they are never stay fully healthy throughout the full season. We just need him to stay healthy enough to be able to produce the numbers that he's capable of. Yeah, because it was the Raven game that he landed awkward on that shoulder and he went out... He was sort of holding his arm, like dragging his arm a little bit for a while, wasn't he? So that looked a bit ropey at the time. But 
you know, yeah, it's the the buys come at a very good time for him. He can rest up and hopefully produce the numbers that he's produced already in the second half of the season. And if he does, then he'll, gen- he'll definitely be in um, in the conversation for offensive player of the year. Um, so that leaves my pick uh, for half season game ball. Um, and you know, I'm a big guy, and I think there's there's some big guys on our team that have played extremely well so far this year. But to be graded, not just one of the best, but the best tackle in the league um, with an overall grade of over 90, according to Pro Football Focus, um, Andrew Thomas. What more can we say about Andrew Thomas at left tackle? Stud. Just, the, the, Dan Jones doesn't need to worry about his blind side because he's not being sacked from behind. Did you see Dan Jones talk about him in a recent interview? No. He, he doesn't really talk about players, right? But someone mentioned him and he went on like a two or three minute talk about how well that, um, Thomas is playing and how he knows he's protected on that side, how confident it makes him as a QB. It was just brilliant. Yeah. And it's it's so true though. He's he he doesn't have to worry about getting pressure from his blind side. I mean, look at the look at the stats that Andrew Thomas has. 283 opportunities at pressure on the quarterback and he's allowed nine pressures. Of Daniel Jones, he's allowed one quarterback hit. That's a phenomenal through eight games. He's not allowed a sack. I mean, yes, he's he technically he did allow a sack, but that was flag. There was a, a a flag on the play, and that play was called back. But he's just unreal, and he's only given up two penalties as well. And you you just know that left hand side of the line, you know he's just locked down. 100%. I mean, like, he had a bit of a rocky start, didn't he, the first season, as all rookies are expected to have. Do you know what I mean? But he has just gone. He just got better each year. 100%. 100%. Last year, he was great. This year, he's just absolutely phenomenal. And I think... I'd that be... was it. DJ said, if he's not the... He said he's the best tackle in the league. And he said, if he's not the best, he's the best uh, two, two or three in the league. I mean, he's only behind um, Larry Tunsil on pass, on pass blocking. Um, but Laren Thompson, he's given up a sack, but he he's leading the league in run blocking with a grade of nearly 84. And just, yeah, I just, I think Andrew Thomas is an absolute stud, an absolute beast on the line. And our offensive line would be so much weaker without him. If Andrew Thomas get makes it to the All-Pro, not Pro Bowl, All-Pro, you get his jersey. <laughs> I did say in the group chat earlier he is my next jersey because I fucking love the guy. Why not make it a Pro Bowl one? I mean, it's it's, it's got to be a lock, surely. A uh, lock for Pro Bowl has to be. I don't think he will. You know, we, we, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> so he's going <laughs> to withdraw, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't worry. There's still if there's money to be made, they'll still sell his jersey. Like if he's selected. Yeah, what you say? 78 is my next jersey, man. I'm not, it's going to be in blue as well. So, I mean, like he's as advertised, like fourth overall pick in that draft. Um, he's just an absolute stud. Sign him up to a long term deal. The, these are type like we had the discussion, I think it was offline earlier. It's like draft well and re sign your good, good players that you draft. He's 100% one of those players. A perfect example you use a top pick on a top player, he produces to the level you expect. You get him signed to a long-term deal. Yeah, and you think he's had a different offensive line coach every year he's been in the league. And for him to be this good now, he's obviously learnt from 
four different coaches and for him to be this good it's like the world's your oyster you're only going to get better you're only, you sort of you're still in the still really as a lineman you're in the infancy of your career because linemen can have long careers i mean look at um the guy from the rams that won the super Bowl last year Whitworth. yeah andrew whitworth i mean he played two with 40. he on a side note on a side note he wanted to come to us didn't he yeah yeah he did but Gettleman wouldn't pay him I think one thing that kind of gets a little, it, it kind of gets buried because you don't think about it in this way. But you say, oh, you know, he wasn't great in year one and he wasn't great in year two. Uh, or oh, he was good in year two, sorry. And then obviously he was even better this year. And, and you think to yourself, oh, okay, so he's in his third year. He's 23. Young. And you don't, you, you kind of overstate that sometimes when you think about rookies is the actual age that they are. He's 23 years old. If yeah. Whitworth if Whitworth played till he was what forty, we've yeah. got another almost two decades out of him. If he stays healthy and stay and pl- plays at this level, I mean that's insane. Yeah, I mean like another ten years of Andrew Thomas on that left hand side playing side. It's like sign me up to that, please. Thank you very much. And like, let's not forget as well that there's a lot of people, and I'll probably include myself in this. That probably like you know I've got to give him a little bit of an, an apology because you know after his rookie season. I was one of the ones that was saying he's not a fourth overall player. He He's not playing like he was the best tackle in that draft, which technically we had our choice of the tackles and that's how we, we valued him. So, you know, like I'll, I'll first one to all my hands up and say, yeah, after his rookie season, I was, I was really questioning. I admit you can't just judge someone after a rookie season, but I think we're all thinking it. And, like, you know, for him to bounce back the way that he has as well, is like credit, huge credit to him. Yeah, I mean, I questioned it as well. Could you think, like, if you if you picked a quarterback at number four overall and he was your day one starter in, the, in his rookie year, you would expect to perform, wouldn't you? Yeah. You just yeah. So you managers, well, head coaches lose their jobs if they don't. Precisely. So you always say, like, I know, I know, some players really take to the league quickly and some need more time to develop. But they say you should always like judge a judge a draft class or judge a rookie after three seasons, isn't it? It's it's so it's so quick to wait if you have a high draft pick, it's so quick to judge them and 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 jump on them if they don't start performing every week in the in their rookie year, and, and like you know with with um with Thibodeau this year yes he's he was number five overall, he's been he's sort of gradually sort of finding his way into the team finding his you know he's had a couple of you know he had a couple of games out injured. But he's now he's he's starting to progress, and you can see that progression week in week out. Same as Evan Neal, you can see that progression week in week out, and it's it's just nice. We know they're not the best; they're not the finished article, far from it. Um, but I think Andrew Thomas is very, very, very close to the finished article, and it, if he carries on playing at this level, even for the next five years, even for the next ten years, he'll be one of the best offensive linemen, one of the best left tackles. The, the league's in in a long time and it's just full so just, just to confirm then sorry so we've got Dexter Lawrence Julian Love Saquon Barkley Andrew Thomas don't do it don't Give do it an apology don't do it anyone know where this line's this don't do getting? it <laughs> Gettleman will not be getting an apology from me <laughs> and they're all Gettleman picks that's all I'm saying they are they are all Gettleman picks and to be fair I think that, I mean, you look at you know, they are they are four of his better or best picks. Um, 
even like old Shane Zimenez this year. Yeah, X has been good this year. I'm a pick. You yeah. know, I'm just, just, I'm just spitballing facts. That's all, lads. <laughs> like we buried Zimenez, didn't we? We we said he should even be yeah. on the roster, like 53, and he's come out there contributing, playing like good snaps. And we've missed him when he's not playing. We, we we've Aziz been out. Exactly, and I think. You know, obviously, Gettleman had his critics. Gettleman, had, I mean, we're all critics of Dave Gettleman, and Gettleman had his flaws. But he obviously could see some good in some players, and I think the four players we've just mentioned, he obviously saw something in them that he wanted to bring them to the Giants. And aren't we glad that aren't we glad that they're there? <laughs> there are some honourable mentions though. Dan Jones has had a good season. I think he's had the season he needed to have with his fifth year option being declined. I think he's 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 working towards getting that new contract and I think he's he's played well so far. Um Adore Jackson, like I said, we sort of discussed him early. He's been that sort of lockdown cornerback one um that we really needed him to be. And he's he's been an absolute stud on defence. I think two names that have, were very much sort of under the, went under the radar when they come to the team that I think they'll play very very well as well been Fabian Moreau uh, and Jihad Ward as well both on defence I think they, they've been absolutely fantastic players on defence and, and great pick up by us um, in the off season I think they've played, both played very very well so yeah honourable mentions goes to those goes to those four players anyway, anyway anything you want to add about those four guys no, I think for me the, the, the biggest one's got to be Adorix Log. We've like alluded to earlier on, and we've all agreed on it. Like you know, he has really stepped up uh, this season. You know, I, I was one of the ones who like we lost Bradbury. Um, you know, me and Kevin mentioned it numerous times before. Adore is a rain one talent, but his fitness and his health is what has held him back more often than not. And the key to Adore this year, we said, was we need him to stay fit. And, you know, touch wood, through the first nine weeks, he, he's been able to do that. Yeah, he's missed a couple of snaps here and there, but nothing too serious. Um, so, you know, Adore is stepping up as that CB1 and, you know, it just makes you wonder what could we potentially pair opposite him uh, next year, either through free agency or the draft. Um, and like we've mentioned just as well, I, I, I want to give an honourable mention to Shane Zimenez because like Kev says, you know, we buried him. I think if we'd all, if after the pre-season games, I think we would have all said, yeah, Zimenez is going to be cut. You know, much like we, we said with Slayton, but, you know, he has stepped up when, you know, Aziz has been missing at times and Tibbs has been missing at times. And, you know, he's he's a player. I, I never thought I'd say the words, I'd miss old Shane Zimenez. I think when we when we did our when we did our fifty three man roster, I think X wasn't in there, was he? So just goes to show, you know, he's he's proven a lot of critics wrong. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, just a quick touch on those players. I mean, Daniel Jones, I think, is playing exactly the type of football that I can get behind going forward, give him weapons, and I think he will be a good starting quarterback in this league. So again, get him signed up. Uh, Dory Jackson's proven that he's a number one uh, lockdown corner. Absolutely great player. Follows the best player, best wide receiver in the other team every single week and looks like a shutdown corner. Um, Fabian Moreau, I mean, 28 years old, vet minimum type deal, off the street. He wasn't even in our training, 90-man training camp or anything like that. He brought off the street um, and has come in and looked, hasn't looked out of place. Not been outstanding. I mean, he had the game where I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, just come in and done, been solid, absolutely solid. And Jihad Ward, again, he's just one of those workmen, like, bring your lunch peel, go grind. You know, he won't jump up in the statues all the time, but he's been excellent as a run defender um, and a great sort of locker room guy as well. So, I mean, yeah, they're great people to shout for uh, for an mention to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I think the first half of the season in the books, 
we've got a, a very very exciting second half of the season to look forward to. And if we can, if these half of these players can play just as well as they have done in the first half, then uh, we're in for a good second half of the season. Now we usually start off with the news, uh, but we thought it'd be a good spot to finish off this time, obviously, because it's happened sort of after the Seattle game. Um, <laughs> the news came out. Was it Monday? Um, or was it was it Sunday evening? I can't remember now. Um, that we traded Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in return for a pair of draft picks, a compensatory third round pick, and a sixth round pick in next year's draft. Obviously, we selected Tony twentieth overall last year after trading back with the Chicago Bears, but I think his time with the Giants was an unproductive one, and. Whatever for whatever reason, it just seemed to he just didn't seem to want to play for us. And the fact that we covered it up with all, oh, you know, he's he's injured, and now he's injured his other hamstring, and now he's done got this injury, and now he's got COVID, and he's got this injury again. And what I mean, I think I think the writing was on the wall from this year, really, where he's just not really been involved with the team whatsoever. And I think Joe Shane and Coach Dable just wanted rid of him, and. It was a move that surprised a lot of us, but at the same time, I think it was a move that was, I think, much needed because it's it's getting rid of those uh, personalities in the locker room that are, are potentially going to bring the team down uh, in the future. And I think I, I was surprised, but at the same time, I was kind of quite glad that Tony's gone. Um, what did you make of the trade, guys? I was good. I don't know who I'm going to slate every week now. <laughs> I, you know who can have a go I need to find someone there now you know I'm I'm glad he's gone I like you know I'm so and I, I don't mean this nasty to anyone that did but I'm so glad I didn't buy a Tony jersey like so am I like I just had no I, I wasn't overly keen on the pick at the time but you know I was like okay and then when he the annoying thing was when he was on the field he was actually exciting and electric and but that was the thing he was never on the field and, you know, let's face facts as well. Gadarius Tony has no class, dignity or self-respect at all. Um, you know, you look at, like, in the week, uh, Chase Claypool got traded to the Bears. Quick post on Twitter, Bears Nation or whatever it's been. Been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Blah, blah, blah. Off he goes. Gadarius Tony wants to tweet, oh, I weren't even injured after all. Like, I'm screw you, Tony. Glad you've gone and that's it. Well, I mean, we did say we wouldn't talk about him until he was would take the field, and I believe he's going to take the field for Kansas City this week. Um, so we can talk about him. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, to get a, comp, a third round comp pick, which is obviously like you know, um, it's a pick the Chiefs got because their assistant GM Ryan Poles got the GM job in Chicago, so it's going to be around a hundred. It's going to be the end of the third round and a fifth round pick. I think it's actually fantastic business. I think for with everything that's gone on. We wouldn't have got that back for him. And you have to remember as well, like we we some people want to say, Oh, you're giving up the twentieth overall pick for a third and fifth. No, we're not, right? The pick was made. The pick is irrelevant after that. Now you talk about the player. So the player, what we've given up is a player who couldn't stay on the field, a player who was uh didn't talk, didn't like the media, didn't, you know, it just it was a bit of a like a, a weird one where like he wasn't good for the locker room. Um so we're giving up a th- um, that type of player for a third and fifth round pick. I think it's fantastic. I mean, he he we didn't get any production from him apart from that one or two games last season. We've got no production from him this season. Um, 
So to get a third and fifth back for that, I think it's fantastic business. Let's move on. It wasn't a Sheehan Dable pick. Um, you know, let's move on now. And I think um one Dale will 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 take that slot role brilliantly and move on and, and run with it. Yeah. What's happened has happened now, hasn't it? And he's gone. So I think we'll all be happy that this is probably the last time we'll have to speak about him until we end up having to play Kansas at some point over the next few seasons. Um, and none of us are going to be upset that we don't have to talk about him anymore. But I think it spoke volumes that you get someone like license plate guy who is very much a kind of, he champions players, doesn't he? And he, he's always, he will always defend people. He knows what the New York media is like. Um, but when even he has, turned around and said, hey, look, this isn't the look you want to go for. You didn't want to go for the fans. That was not the way that you wanted to kind of say goodbye to the franchise. Uh, I think that speaks volumes in in what Tony was as a player. And he's not a player that we want around the team and the culture that we seem to be building quite nicely under Daves and, Sh- and Shane. So, you know, th- thanks for your minimal service. See you later. Thanks. Thanks for your forty-one catches for four hundred and twenty yards. I honestly, I honestly feel it actually feels to me like um, it sounds weird to say, but like it sounds like a free third and fifth round pick. To be honest, because I mean, would he, would he have suited up this season for the Giants? Probably not. And he is, he is. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, he he is in line to play. He's not even on Kansas City's injury report this week. What does that say? Is, and also, I will say one thing as well about it. Just quickly, just put a, put a pin in it. Um, don't be upset if he has a good has has a plays well for Kansas. Like if he goes and has an all right career for them or blows it up, don't worry about it. You know yeah. he was never doing that for us. No, and the thing is, he's going into an, an offense um, with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the I mean he's he's pretty much essentially replaced Tyreek Hill. And, yeah, and but he didn't have to trust the Babel or Shane. So you know, or Kafka. So you know, he was never going to be that player. So if he goes off and has a decent, you know, plays well for them, fine, good riddance. You know, that's that's a match there. Right? Um, Andy Reid doesn't mind a wrong in or two in his team, like. But like you know, we're building something different here. I still maintain it was a panic pick. We we traded back, and I, I swear I don't know if anyone else remembers reading this, but I swear reading at the time we were eyeing up Jamming Davis. Who went about two picks earlier to Washington linebacker? Yeah. It was a, it was what we needed, and I read somewhere that Dave Gettleman really liked him, and, and Washington picked us. And I, I, I still maintain to this day it was a, it was a panic pick. We didn't know everyone we wanted went off our board, and we were just like, we need a wide receiver. We're going to take him. Wasn't it also that the Eagles got Smith as well? Ahead yeah. of they, that we wanted Smith and the Eagles kind of yeah. jumped in and, and took him. And so, yeah, it, it absolutely was. You know, they shit themselves, didn't they? I mean, I will say as well, just, just for the listeners, like that Davis linebacker went to Washington. He hasn't turned out to be a good player. Nah. No, he hasn't. But at the, at the time, if that was who, who Getterman wanted, then. Yeah, the two pick, you know, the friends go two picks before and then to go, oh shit, what do I do now? I need a receiver. Uh, that one. <laughs> eeny, meeny, miny, mo, that one. That's and I'm issue. just, I'm just going because Bateman was still on the board, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that's who I wanted. I wanted Elijah Moore. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's done now. <laughs> exactly. It's done. We can move on. And that's the thing. It just didn't fit that culture that, that Shane and Dave's are trying to build. So, I mean, good luck to Kansas City, but also at the same time, Good riddance. Moving on, uh, we claimed, um, as we sort of alluded to earlier, Isaiah Hodgins 
off waivers from the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we didn't make any moves in the trade dead before the trade deadline um, to add some, let's face it, much needed help, especially at receiver. Um, but we did receive did pick up the receiver from uh, off of waivers from the Bills on Wednesday. Um, six four two hundred ten pounds twenty twenty sixth round pick out of Oregon State. Um, three games he's caught four passes for forty one yards and two first downs. He's also taken a few special team snaps as well. Now I don't know too much about the guy, but I know Kevin Shane. You remember him from college. So, what's your takes on Isaiah Hodgins? I knew with Isaiah Hodgins coming out. I think I might have picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues uh, uh, when he was uh, he's drafted. Let's let's face facts. Is he is he an improvement for us? Well, if he gets on the field, he's an improvement over a guy who's just left us. So that's straight away we're off to a positive start. Um, you know, we look at the guy like. David Seals, for instance, this year. Maybe it's time to knock the David Seals experiment on the head after this season. You know, yeah, he's had a couple of great pre-seasons over the last couple of years, but it's not transitioning where it counts, and that's on game day on the field. So, you know, we've lost Sterling Shepard this season. We've got um, Darius Slate and Wandale's looking back, but we still need that depth, of, as we've shown. You know, we're only another injury away from Isaiah Rodgers potentially being wide receiver two on this team. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I don't mind Isaiah Rodgers as, as a pickup. Um, obviously, the coaching staff, they're going to kind of had a little bit of a, an eye on him. He was drafted in 2020 when Shane and Dable were there. So, Dable knows exactly what he's getting there. Um, and I think it might have been one of them where it was a case of, you know, we've, we've spoke, you know, Joe and, uh, and Dave's are having a meeting and it's a case of, yeah, we've spoke to Denver. They want a second, a third, and a fifth for Jerry Judy. Who else is out there on practice squads? We can sign up. Dave's has gone. Well, I know we know Isaiah from when we were in Buffalo. We, you know, we, it's for what six, seven, eight games, whatever it's going to be. So, you know, I think if he gets any production, it's an improvement on on like say the guy who's just departed, um, and you know, hopefully, he just get some game time. He's that he's that big body receiver. Which you know, with Kenny G being out, we, we're kind of missing that big body receiver. We've got Slayton, who's got who's a speed guy in the team. We've got one day who's the shifty guy. We're missing that big body, especially if Kenny G comes back and still looks like Kenny G that we've seen so far throughout his joint's career. Um, yeah, I mean that's a good pickup. I mean he we got him off waivers, so like you know Buffalo, Buffalo. Um, he was on their full squad, the fifty three, and they they actually wanted him back in the practice squad, but obviously he he has to clear waivers before they can put him on the practice squad. And we claimed him. So I think, you know, they're gutted because they've lost him, essentially. Um, and they want, actually wanted to keep him. Um, I mean, I liked him in college. Um, he came out, you know, he's only 24 now. You know, he's been in the league two years. But, like, um, coming out his last season for Oregon State, um, he played all 12 games of their season. Uh, he had 86 receptions for nearly 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. So he's got form. I mean, he is a good player. In, in college, he was a good player. Um so I, you know, I, I probably think Dibs and uh, Shane um, are a little surprised that the, you know, he was available for them to snag, um, and you know, he comes in and he, he comes in straight away, quite high in the depth chart. To be fair, he will know some plays from pre, um, that um, from the playbook from uh, the Bills that Dable had, um, and I think it's just a smart, good pickup, six foot four, jump guy, not very fast. They're four six one forty, um, you know, he's so I think he will come in and he'll be like. Back up for Kenny G, but I think he might actually see some snaps. Maybe not this week, but I think he will contribute going down going down the road. 
Yeah, let's hope so. Um, the fact that, like I said, we, we've claimed him off weight. He hasn't cleared waivers with the Bills. We've claimed him. I mean, 1,200 yards. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, just thinking like 1,200 yards in 12 games in his last his senior year. Like 100 yards a game. We'll take that. But yeah, the, like I said, the fact that, the, that Buffalo wanted to keep him on, on the practice squad, but he didn't clear waivers, is it's it's a sign that, he, that there was obviously some... Um, yeah, some value to him, and they want, they want, they want, they had value, and they wanted to keep him on their team. So, it's a, it's a good pickup. I think it, any, any little helps at the moment, uh, especially at receiver. Um, but how surprised were you that we didn't actually make a move for anyone before the trade deadline? Um, probably more disappointed than surprised. Um, I would have liked to have sort of made a move, but you know. It, like apparently, was it a second and a fifth? I reckon that Denver wanted for Judy. Now, yeah, at least I personally would have been okay with that. Me, me personally. Now, if people say I wouldn't have been, I can understand that as well. But you know, Dave, Dave would have known Judy from Alabama. He'd have got a lot more information on him as well, and I'd have been quite confident that Dave could get the best out of Jerry Judy. Um, I did like Jerry Duty coming out. I had CD Lamb that year rated as my wide receiver one, but it's kind of a one A one B essentially with with Judy and Lamb. Um, I wasn't interested in Chase Claypool, so I was kind of, you know, I wasn't too fussed over that one not happening. I was quite glad he went to Chicago. Yeah, and I think was it the same as well, a second and a fifth. Just second. I, I, I wouldn't have been happy with just a, with, with giving that up for him. Look, I said I'd rather yeah. give the picks up for. Judy. Well, they wanted the Bears second because it was uh, it could be a top 40 pick. Yeah. So, you know, it, I wouldn't have been happy with that. But the only other one I wouldn't have minded as well that I saw mentioned was um, maybe a, a, a fifth, sixth or seventh for someone like Denzel Mims from New, from the Jets um, who's, who probably needs a change of scenery. Not much of a change of scenery, though. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, in the stadium, just different colours. Going from green to blue can be amazing for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but as I say, like you know, I was more, I was more disappointed. I, the, the one move that did happen in the week that I think we we said we we'd like to have been in the position to make that move was the Rolcon Smith trade. I'd I'd love to have been on that for for what he went for. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not even that gutted to be fair. I just think like that they've we've drafted so well this season, and I trust that Shane will use the picks to draft well. I know. We want help right now because you know we are making a playoff push. You know we we realistically could be a playoff team this year, so we obviously want help and reinforcements. Um, but the thing is, you know, players sort of contracts come into it as well. You I mean do you give up money for like a one year rental? And you know he doesn't sign with you. Uh, I mean, like obviously the the Dolphins gave up a first for Bradley Chubb, but as soon as he signed, they had a deal in place. Now they wouldn't have get done that if they didn't have a deal in place to know that he was coming back. So um, I'm kind of surprised Ravens haven't done that with um, with uh, Roquan as well, to be fair. Um, but I don't know. I I would have liked someone come in, but I just feel that um, they want to use those picks to draft their players uh, and build this team the right way. Here's a question for you two, because you might not have even looked at this yet, because, you know, the Giants are actually doing well. But any ideas what the wide receiver class looks like? For the upcoming year, I've heard that the cornerback um, class is very strong, but I haven't heard anything about the wide receiver class yet. I, I think the wide receiver class is looking decent, not not as not as deep as it might have been like a couple of years ago. But you know, there's um, there, there's, I could probably think about three or five that I'd be quite happy with in the first round. I don't know what 
Kev might think I'm chatting shit. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the thing is, right, there is, there's definitely a few that I really like. Um, whether it be like, you know, Jordan Addison from USC or Jackson Smith and Jiba from Ohio State are the ones that just jump out now. But, I mean, it's all, like, wide receivers always deep now. Because kids are playing, like, seven on seven from such a young age, they get uh, road concepts and they get, like, you know, understand, you know, the coverages and stuff like that. So you're seeing the transition from college to NFL – Wide receiver is probably the easiest one, to be fair. Like you, you've seen, and again, that comes why. Like you know, I think we might have talked about this off offline. Um, that second, third round is the sweet spot for wide receivers. I think you know, in the first round, you really should go after the 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 big positions like left tackle, cornerback, um, quarterback. You know, um, big money position. Uh, yeah, edge rusher. Do you know I mean those type of big? You know, that's the first round, in my opinion. But I think, you know, and I, I've said it before as well, like I, I'm a big advocate of always trading down in the first round. First round is such a, it's like 60, 40 good players. So like, why not? So if you're picking a 15, you're not going to, there's not much difference between the player 15 or 20 or 25, really, if you if you do your scouting correctly. So why not try and pick up a, another second, another third? And I'd nearly draft two wide receivers in the second and third round, you know, if, if you get a few more picks. Because um, the chances of, of of one of them really hitting is so much higher, um, so yeah. So the, the draft class is good, but like I said, it's good every year. To be fair, there's always those players to be found. I'm not saying we're going to draft this guy, but I just want one quick. I want, just want to say a quick reaction from Kev. Kev, Michael Mayer. Oh my God, <laughs> what a player he is, lads. Oh, have, have, have you seen any of him this year? That's the tight. Yeah. That's the tight end. Yeah. 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 He is. He is right. They call him his nickname is Baby Grunk, right? And he is, if you just if you watch his play, his 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 blocking is excellent. He catches everything. He's like six five. He's just a monster. He um, he quite literally like I mean is the per- I mean I don't want to gush too much, but he's the perfect tight end. He's like he's not just a blocker, a big body, you know, two hundred and fifty, two hundred sixty pound blocker, and he's not just a a. a a beefed up wide receiver who catches and can't block. He can, he does it all and he will 100% go in the first round and it will be the first tight end picked in this draft. Damn, he's that good, is he? Oh, he's so good. Like, oh, I'll drop, I'll, um, I'll drop highlights into the, into the group chat and then, uh, we'll drop some highlights on, uh, on, uh, Twitter as well from the, from the account. He's got to find him. He's got him saved on his phone, really. Yeah. In the, in the hidden folder in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they hidden, Kev? The vault, the vault folder. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, I was very much the same. I wasn't surprised we didn't make any moves. A little bit disappointed, um, but I think, you know what? In Shane, we trust. He's, he's, him and him and Coach Dable have got, a, they've got their plan. They've got how they want, and there obviously wasn't good enough value there. Um, obviously, they didn't want to give up a second and a fifth for Judy. I would have been okay with it personally, giving up a second and a fifth for Judy because I think he's a he's a great talent. But at the same time, I'm happy that they didn't. And so when we still got those picks for next year, for near to build our team. So, the question about Judy, Dan, I actually I read him as well. I think he's a good player. But is he is he a number one or is he a good number two? I don't think he's a number one. Um. I mean, we haven't got a number two anyway, but... <laughs> but at the same time, I, he's better than Darius Slayton. 
So he would be he would be would have been our wide receiver one, and would you you know to come in as a wide receiver one for a second and fifth round draft pick? That's not bad value, but I think it would have been. Yeah, obviously we need we need the help. We needed the depth now. I get that. Obviously we are potentially making a playoff run, but I think the fact that we didn't get bring in Judy or bring in any other player just goes to show that these guys trust in the in the talent that we've got on the roster at the moment, and they trust the talent we've got on the practice squad at the moment. And you know whether whether we do make the playoffs or not, at the end of the day, this is the first year of a rebuild. We have to remember that as well. It's 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 easily carried away, isn't it, with the winning? Exactly. We're six and two, but it's a rebuild. So if if we if we do go, you know, what, if we lose every single game from now on, and we finish what six and eleven, six and eleven, it's progress on last year. You know, I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna lose the the next the next eight games. That's a virtual guarantee, but. Even if we lost six out of the next eight, you know that that's, that that means we finish at eight and nine. You know, if we finish around that sort of five hundred mark, I said I said at the beginning of the year, if we if we come out of the season with a five hundred record or there or thereabouts, I'll be over the moon, and I still will be. So I think it was a dis- little bit disappointing we didn't get that extra depth, but I wasn't surprised at the same time because really, I mean, I trust in Joe Shane. So yeah, so. There we go. There we have it. So that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, say this week, this time. Um, but we will be back later in the week to bring you our preview of the Houston game. And we'll also open up the mailbag as well. Anything to add before we go, guys? Nah, just uh, it's been been nice enjoying the bye week. Not having to, um, you know, just kind of like bin life off completely to watch the Giants football. Like, you know, as much as like we do enjoy it and that, it is nice just having that one week where it's, you know, something I can watch NFL. I don't care about any results or how anything's going or anything like that. And just, um, you know, sit back, chat with you guys, sort of decide for the first half of the season and, you know, look look onwards now towards the rest of the season. And, you know, we, we, we've got a bye week. And after the bye week, we've got competitive Giants football, which we've not had. I mean, it feels so weird going in like, we're in the month of November and we're actually relevant. Like, you know, we are making a playoff push. I mean, lads, we could be getting together to watch playoff football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So, so, yeah, so delighted. We will be. We will. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Have in your man cave in January, mate. <laughs> On it. Let's do it. Yeah. Just after Christmas, it'll be freezing cold, but we don't care. We don't care. As I shared on uh, on Twitter earlier on this week, uh, there was a Super Bowl poster, and we had a Giants player on a Super Bowl team's <laughs> poster. I mean, come on! What nothing gets you more hyped than that? Mate, it could happen. It could. It could. You never know. Stranger things have happened in playoff football. Here, here we go. Absolutely. After feeling like crap for most of the week, there is nothing I would have rather done on a Sunday evening than chat to you boys. So thank you for making me feel human again after not, not feeling human for so long. Uh, and I look f- I look forward to coming back later on this week to to talk about the next win for the Giants. Yeah, about the uh, the team with the worst record in the league, the 1-6-1 and one Houston Texans. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Just search for Big Blue UK and Ireland. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever your platform of choice is. We do appreciate the love. Uh, you can also send in your mailbag questions to us either on Twitter Instagram 
or via email bigblueukirl at gmail.com. My thanks as ever go to Shane, to Kev and to Craig for joining me and to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Six and two, halfway through. I'll take that. We are signing off until next time.